morning. How are you guys? You guys were worshiping like you meant it. I honestly thought some of you guys meant it. I totally thought you guys meant it. Now it's impressive for some of you. <laughs> I'm honored to be here. My name is Derek. Um, I am just excited to get to be a part of the series that we're in. Um, I always like to say this, and I mean it from my heart. Uh, I am not the lead pastor here. Um, his name is Josh Hersey. He's exceptional. He's a wonderful pastor. He cares about you guys. He loves you guys. And um, yeah. Now, I say that for a couple reasons, but one is because you don't need to judge this church today based on today. All right? If you go to Chick-fil-A and order a hamburger, don't judge Chick-fil-A on the hamburger, okay? Go get a chicken sandwich and judge them, right? You know what I'm saying? So uh, this is like a, a free Sunday for you. It means that if you are a visitor, we are, we're so glad you're here, but you have to come back again. That's what, it's, it's like it doesn't count, okay? And uh, I want to tell you that I know he's a great pastor because other people say it, not me. Because my opinion of your pastor only goes so far. And I could lie. But I'm not because, listen, this is what somebody else said. And before I go any farther, I want to welcome those who are listening online. Would you guys give it up for people watching online? There are a lot of people who can't make it to church on Sundays. Either their health or they're out of town or they're just in a town that has no good churches. And they enjoy watching us and being a part of our family. So welcome if you're watching Church Online. I want to read you guys a review that we got in from Google about our pastor and uh, about us. And I just thought it was awesome. Um, and it'll kind of help us introduce the series. And it says this, I'm from New Jersey. And my husband and I are watching, watch Pastor Josh's sermons and series each week. Wonderful lead pastor. And he brings the gospel to life. Solid church centered in the word, exclamation point. Looking forward to the Blueprint series. That's what we're in right now. Well. <laughs> and then she says this. This is so powerful, okay? Heart emoji and prayer hands emoji. Barbara, thank you for that review of a five-star church. Uh, we, we thank you for that. She's excited about the Blueprint series. I hope that you guys are excited about the series that we're in called Blueprint uh, I'm going to jump right in because I'm, I'm, I only have 35 minutes to talk about something that's kind of uh, big. So we're going to jump right into the series. But um, we're basing this series off of the verses found in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, we're going from verse 13 all the way to verse 28. We're doing the study out of the NLT version of the Bible. So if you want to study along, I would encourage you to read these verses every week with us and kind of like dig into these. As we're studying, you can study too, right? I think you'll get more out of it if you do that. Um, today we're going to kind of look at how Simon Peter gets called out by God. He gets his name changed from Simon to Peter. And we're going to look at that verse. And there's some powerful features in that verse. One of the most powerful things in this series is that our church name comes out of these verses. The, the idea that we are a church on the rock is actually coming right out of the verses that we're studying today. It's really cool. And then the, the powerful thing I want to kind of reveal as we're going through uh, this talk today is that your truest identity, your truest identity will always be seen when you look at the Lord himself to find who you are. 
He is where you'll discover who you truly, truly are, who you were made to be, that you were made in his image and that you were made to be like him. That's a pretty awesome thing. Your identity is finding out who you are. Can I tell you guys a little story about how, how to not find out your identity? Um, last year, I was invited to a Halloween, excuse me, a fall festival party. And uh, I, uh, I'm an adult. I'm in my 40s now, so I don't dress up. I don't put on costumes, okay? But I wanted to do something that kind of looked like I was trying to participate in this family's uh, not Halloween party, okay? Because they're Christians. And uh, I, I, this, this documentary that just came out, it's called What is a Woman? And the guy that hosts the documentary, uh, he kind of looked like me. And the documentary just kind of walks you through how, how crazy the definition of woman has become in a lot of our society in America. And, and the, the craziness of, of gender ideology and how crazy it can get. And so I just came up with this funny idea. I put this little plaque on that said, what is a woman? Big question mark. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of boring. So I took and I made a wheel of gender. It, it was a... I put a piece of paper down. I, I printed out this, this form from some crazy website that showed all the genders. I'm talking about the genders that, that I don't even know the definition. It had on there cisgender male, cisgender female, trans man, trans woman, fluid, bigender, queer, and then it had two, male and female. And I just printed it out. I stuck it on a little thing, right? So you could spin the wheel and then you could find out your identity. Now that this is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, so I, I get to the party, and I have this thing, and I, I put it on a rope, so it hangs like this, and I was just, now, bear in mind, I didn't know everybody at the party, but I started to get comfortable with this wheel, and I would say, hey, you want to find out what gender you are, and people would look at me like, huh, and then they would flick the wheel, and it would tell them, and I was so excited, and <laughs> I didn't plan it out very well. I was in a hurry. And when you hold the wheel like this, it spins perfectly and, and, and your identity can be decided by fate. <laughs> but when I put the wheel on my chest, gravity decided everybody was the same gender. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what gender the everybody was at this party, and it's going to make you uncomfortable because I thought they were Christians. But... <laughs> I walk up to this guy. He's a tough-looking guy. I never met him in my life, but I'm, again, I'm comfortable. I'm having fun. We're at a party. I say, hey, man, you want to find out what gender you are? He goes, huh? Spin the wheel. It'll tell you what gender you are, you know? And he's probably thinking, like, God, let me land on male. Let me land on male. He flicks that thing. I already know what's going to happen. It spins and spins, and then gravity makes it fall straight down onto queer. <laughs> His identity... <laughs> That day was chosen by a wheel that I created about an hour before that party. And he was not happy. <laughs> he was not okay with, with this wheel identifying him as queer. <laughs> and I want to tell you, that was just a simple thing. I, he didn't beat me up, okay? He didn't fight me. I'm glad he didn't. 
But I want to tell you today that we oftentimes allow other people and other things and life to, us, to tell us who we are too often. I mean, this is a silly joke of a wheel, and I know he didn't really take it to heart, um, even though he won't look me in the eye anymore. Um, I want to tell you today that, that we should really base our identity not so much on who others say you are and not so much on who your brain tells you you are, because you will lie to yourself. You'll often tell yourself you're better than you are. And oftentimes, I find it the opposite. That I tell myself how much worse I am. I'm a terrible this. I'm never going to be that. I can never be this, and I can never be that. But if I will allow God to define me, if I will allow God to choose, I'm going to be much better off. Can I tell you something else on that story, too? I didn't like the idea of this wheel being played for kids. So on the back side, it had two genders, male and female. And when you flip it, I would stop it on whatever one I wanted it to stop on. I thought that was kind of cool. And on the bottom, it said Genesis 1, 27, which says God created um, male and female. He created them. Yeah. And that's not to... That's not to bash you if you're, if you're in, a, in, a, in a state of confusion. I'm not trying to make, make light of that. What I am saying is that, that who you are in Christ is more important than who others tell you you are. So let's jump right into the scripture so we can see it in the scripture. Uh, we're, we're jumping into Matthew 16, verse 13. If you, if you have uh, your Bible, open it up. But if you don't, I want to encourage you to grab the Bible app. We do a cool thing every week. If you go to the Bible app on your phone events in the Bible app, you can find Church on the Rock is having an event right now, and it'll pull up all the notes, and you can actually make your notes in the Bible app, see the scriptures, make highlights and everything. It's pretty cool, but we're going to follow along in Matthew 16, 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of them, I'm sorry, what, what does that say? And others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? That's a hard question. They, they, well, people say this about you, Jesus, but who do you say that I am? And I want to give you a little trick, okay? If you ever get asked a hard question, especially a spiritual question, always just answer with Jesus. It's a little secret, okay? So let's, just, let's just practice, okay? So you're in a life group, and the guy goes, well, hey, what, what do you think of uh, Revelation 17 when the dragon comes? <laughs> wow, that's really good. You say, you know what? I think it's pointing us to Jesus. Hey, what do you think about Daniel uh, in the book of, you know, 14 when he's speaking of the third heaven? I, I think it points us to Jesus. <laughs> Always a great answer. Always going to get people thinking, wow, this guy's really, really smart. Yeah. If you're not in a life group, join a life group just so you can do that. I want to um, keep reading, though. Uh, who do you say that I am? Our key verse today is going to found the next couple of verses. Uh, verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And I find this interesting that Simon had this revelation it says that it was revealed to you, not from your brain, 
and not from what other people said, but this was revealed to you from my Father in heaven. And I want to kind of talk about the, the, uh, what a revelation is, because I feel like if, if, you, if you really want to know who Jesus says you are, you got to know who he is. And the best way is for God to reveal that to you, not so much in your brain. That can start there, but it's got to get down to your heart. So I want to talk about what it is to have a revelation of Jesus. I'm, um, I know that there's, there's three general types of revelation, and I want to kind of define what a revelation is. Um, A revelation is the act of revealing something or the act of making something known. Three types of revelation. One would be a general revelation, two, a specific revelation, and the third one is a divine revelation of who um, you are or what something is. So a a, a general revelation would be um, just when something gets revealed to you. So when I was in seventh grade, I was pretty good at basketball. I was taller I was in shape, and um, I, I love basketball. I play basketball every day. I had a court in my yard. I had a court across the street. I could go down to the deaf and blind school and play because um, we lived right in that neighborhood. I would play with the kids that went to school there. I would play at PE. I would play anytime I could play basketball. If, if I was laying in bed at night, I was probably throwing the basketball up in the air. I love basketball. had Michael Jordan on the wall, six foot six Michael Jordan on my wall. I could measure myself beside Michael Jordan. It was awesome. I love basketball. Seventh grade. I could touch the rim. Yeah. <laughs> Ten feet high. And uh, I love basketball. I don't know what happened from seventh grade to eighth grade, but when I went back to school in eighth grade, kids were dunking. I'm talking about dunking, hanging on the rim now. And I was still touching the rim. And I remember thinking to myself, I had a revelation, and the revelation was that I'm white. Okay. (laughs) The the revelation was that, hey, Derek, you're probably not going to go to the NBA like you thought you were. And I know you're thinking, oh, if we work hard, if you're, no, I'm six foot one. It's not going to happen for me. Okay. And and that was a revelation for me. That was a serious revelation. It was, it was heartfelt. It was, it was teary eyed. That was a general revelation. Hey, dude, it's just not going to happen for you. You know, a specific revelation in the same vein, my mom and dad spent $130 on some Jordans for me. Air Jordans, okay? Yeah, Michael Jordan's sixth edition shoe with the cool little holes in the middle. You could, you, oh man, these things are sweet. And I want to tell you a specific relation I had. They don't give you enough air to actually jump if you can't jump. <laughs> specific revelation. But today I don't really want to talk about just general revelations or specific revelations. I want to talk about divine revelation from God. This is, this is the definition of divine revelation. I think we have it on the screen there. Um, the act of the divine or God himself revealing something or making something known to us or specifically made known to you. Simon, son of John, you just stepped out of the small thinking. You just stepped out of what everybody else thinks about me. And you just had a revelation of who the son of God is. This is pretty awesome. You just had a revelation. Simon had a moment where his humanity and divinity connected. And it's pretty powerful. One of the reasons it's powerful is because when when you're reading Matthew 16, you you are 16 chapters into the book of Matthew. And this is the first time 
This is the very first time that anyone has spoken Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah. Did you know that? It had been said, but said, and this was Jesus. Like, like Matthew was notating who he was, but everyone up until this point had referred to Jesus as either Jesus or Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter has his revelation, and he says, you aren't just Jesus, you are Jesus the Messiah. He had a revelation of Jesus. And today I'm praying as we walk through these scriptures that you have a revelation of who God is in your heart today. Matthew 16, 18. Now, Peter is, it says, hey, Jesus, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. P Peter is then responded to by Jesus in verse 18. This is what we're going to kind of hit on for the rest of this uh, message. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Can you imagine if Jesus could look at you? And just say the name that you have, the, the, the way that you've been defined isn't enough. It just isn't capable of really describing who you are. It, it isn't enough to describe who I'm going to be calling you to be. Can you imagine if someone could look at you right now and look past your flaws and look past your mistakes and look past your weaknesses and all of your shortcomings. And, and, they, and they looked at you and said, the name you've been given is inadequate for you. It's pretty awesome. Simon, you are son of John, but now you're going to be called the rock. And when we read it, we, we read it in, in English, but it was written in the Greek. And the word for Peter is the word Petros, Petros. And it actually means rock. So when they read it, they didn't hear Peter, they heard rock. It was just a simple, like, so when, when it says rock, it was saying he's the rock. How many of you guys know that's a great nickname? Like, Dwayne is okay. But Dwayne the Rock Johnson? I want to be him. All we hear is Peter, but everyone else heard the Rock. The Rock? I like that. That rings nicely. That's better than Simon. I'll take that one. But this is what's interesting. Jesus is letting Simon know something. He's saying, hey, Simon... To be the person that I'm calling you to be, to do the things I'm calling you to do, you're going to need to be more than you are right now. You're going to need to be a rock. And if you know anything about Simon Peter, you would know that he, he, if you really wanted to look at him as a person, you would not define him as a rock. You, you wouldn't say he's a stable person. You probably would lean towards an unstable person. Simon was the one that when... When Jesus said, hey, let me wash your feet, Simon said, you can't wash my feet, no. And then Jesus said, hey, if, you don't wash, if I don't let me wash your feet, like you can have no part of me. And then Simon said, well, then wash my whole body. <laughs> Simon was the one that when, when, um, when they went to arrest Jesus, he got a sword out and cut a man's ear off. This isn't some guy that's like, like exactly stable. When, when everybody was like, hey, Jesus is going to the cross, they asked Simon, they said, hey, do you, aren't you one of his disciples? And he said, no. They asked him again. He said, no. He said it three times that he's not even knowing Jesus. And yet Jesus calls him a rock before any of this even happened. Isn't that awesome? Because let me tell you why. And this is point number one. God's view of you is different than you think. 
God's view of you is different than your view of who you are. God's view of you is not the label that people have put on you. God's view of you is not the lies that maybe you've believed about yourself. And you know what's weird about lies is that a lie believed is actually real. If you believe a lie about yourself, it actually can become true in your life. And you're not what others say about you. Like, if you could really find out what God's saying about your life, can you think how life-changing that would be? Like, let's look at Simon. He, he was very unstable. But yet later, Simon would have become the bedrock of our Christian faith. Simon would preach to a multitude in, in, in Acts. Simon would be the one to, to write two of the books of the Bible. Like, God's view of you is different than your view of you. God's view of you is different than you think. Point number two, God has given you more than you think. How did Peter go from unstable to becoming the rock? How did post-Jesus Simon go to becoming Peter, the bedrock of our faith? And this is what's really cool. He tells us how he did it. Later in life, probably some 30 years later, after, after Jesus had left the earth, Simon tells us how he became the rock. It's beautiful. We can actually know the answer based on 2 Peter 1.3. Let's look at it together. By his divine power. How did I do it? By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. God has given you more than you think, and God with you is more than enough. It is through his power that he can call you to be who you're called to be. That's pretty awesome. When I think about how God has given you more than you think, I think about Jamie and I, um, when Owen was in third grade and we felt like God was calling us to homeschool. Remember that? We felt like God was calling us to homeschool Owen. And I'm not a teacher. Jamie had never taught, but we felt like we were supposed to do it. We had situations at his school. And we had some reasons that we were like, God, I feel like you're calling us to do this, God. But it was scary. It wasn't as scary for me, honestly, because I was just going to go to work every day. But it was really scary for Jamie, who was going to try to be a homeschool mom. It was scary for both of us because we didn't want our kids to end up weird. <laughs> Let's be honest, homeschool kids, you know, they, they get a bad rap. Um, some of them can get kind of weird. They get socially awkward. They don't get around enough people. You know, they don't get enough problems. And uh, so we didn't really know how to do it or what to do. We just felt like God was calling us to do it, right? And, uh, and I want to tell you that Jamie uh, just jumped right in. She said, God, you know I hate algebra. You know I barely pass algebra on. I might have to teach Owen algebra. <laughs> and uh, she just trusted God. She said, God, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't feel like I'm prepared, but I feel like you're calling me to do this. And I want to tell you, Owen, when he was in third grade, it was tough. In fourth grade was tough. Jamie spent a lot of time in prayer, a lot of time finding out who she was and how God can help her get through this. Because our son, um, who was playing bass right here, actually, uh, he can, yeah, he can test you, you know. He, uh, <laughs> He'll test you. 
But with God, uh, he has given us more than we think. I want to tell you that both of our kids have, Nadia played a couple weeks uh, ago. She played piano on stage. Owen was up here. He's graduating homeschool this year. Yeah. I want to tell you, uh, he, he won most handsome in his class. He's top of his class. It, the kid's amazing. He set records at the school for every event that he participated in. <laughs> and it's all based on uh, 2 Peter 1.3, that by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to do what he's called you to do. Everything you need. You will find it in him. Point number three, is, as, we're, as we're starting to wrap up, it's less about you than you think. It's less about you than you think. Matthew 16, 18. Uh, we're going to read it again because there's, a, there's some things that we, we kind of missed. It says this, Matthew uh, 16, 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter. Remember, that means Petros, which means rock. And upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer. There's a Greek word play that's happening here that we miss if you read it just in English. And in the Greek, there's two words that are really similar. Petros, which is Peter. And that's, the definition of that is a shifting or rolling or insecure stone. You could call it a movable stone. And Petra, which is a solid, immovable rock. So when we look at this verse again, we're going to see that Peter is a little rock. And Jesus is an immovable rock. So now I say to you that you are Peter. You're a rock, man. But you're a movable rock. Like you have, you're still not going to be perfect. But if you can connect into me, the immovable rock, the Petra, I can do great things in your life, Peter. When God calls you, he's always calling you to do more than you can do to require you to lean into him to do it. Let me say it like this, but you have to lay down who you think you are to become who God says you are. Let me say it another way. It's less about your power and more about his presence and power. Amen? Simon is defined not based on how he sees himself. He's defined based on how he sees God. Like Simon says, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Period. Jesus, because of that revelation of who he is, is able to tell Simon who now he is. So many times in our life, we, when we get Jesus right, he gets everything else right. When we place Jesus in the right place, it seems like our souls can get healed faster. It seems like our, our spirits line up with his. Peter gets Jesus right. You're the Messiah, the living God. Peter gets Jesus right. And Jesus knows if you can get me right, I can get you right. Me with Jesus, the Bible says, is the hope of glory. Not me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's, it's less about you than you think. So much less about us. I actually was going to write a poem called, You're Not Special. <laughs> I started to write it, and I just, I, I told Jamie that the idea of this poem called, You're Not Special, and she was like, Ugh. I'm like, can't. Mm, so I didn't put a lot of effort into it, but you guys want to hear some of it? It's pretty mean. Yeah, you guys want to hear it? Okay. <laughs> You're Not Special by Derek Outley. 
Do you think you're special? You're not. <laughs> I'll remind you that you are not the center of this earth. The earth is not even the center of our solar system. And our solar system doesn't even seem to be the center of this galaxy. You're not special. In fact, astrophysicists tell us that the universe seems to have no center, so you cannot be it. They tell us that there's 7.88 billion people on the earth, so if you're even one in a million, if you're one in a million, there's 7,780 of you roaming this earth. <laughs> you're not special. <laughs> But I had, to, I had to cut the poem there because I've started to get, honestly, my conscience wouldn't let me keep going. Even though I would love to roast every single one of us um, out loud. I had to end it because when I read the scripture, I can't help but see in so many ways we are special. You're special. And I don't mean it in the, in the weird way, like, oh, special. <laughs> I mean it in the best of ways. You're special to him. You're special to God. You're special to Jesus. Like, to the point where he knows your name. He cares about you. And Pastor Josh cares about you. And I, I'm trying my best to love and care about you. But God really sincerely means it. So I just thought we'd just hit three things, three quick things that, that Christ says that you are. There's, there's plenty of them. There's hundreds of these. But I just want to hit three that I think are really important for today for you to grasp, to discover who you are. Um, three things that God says you are. One, you are called by Christ. Peter tells us in, in 1 Peter 2, 9, that you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You're chosen by him. That you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. This is talking about you. And as a result, cause you special. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Isn't that a beautiful verse? You were called by Christ. You are capable through Christ. Look at that verse again. As a result of God loving you so much, you can show others the goodness of God. And you can walk out of darkness and into light. You can walk out of your failures. You can walk out of the identity that maybe you've assumed that you don't even want to be. You can walk out of your mistakes. You can walk out of the problems that seem to have, have, have followed you. Maybe they came from your mom. Maybe you developed them from your dad. Maybe it's something that, that you, the addiction that started years ago and you feel like your past and your present are the same. But God is calling you to a future that's different. You're called by him. You can sense it in you. You can just sense him calling you. 
you can sense that, that there's something in you that gives you hope for tomorrow. There, there's this, I am capable, not through me, but through Christ. This is where, where, where FIC, we call it FIC, which is freedom in Christ is so important. I'm packing this into like one 30 minute message, but, but we have a whole like life group where you can walk through this. Like, how do I go from my past to my present with Jesus into a future with him? And we walk through scriptures and we walk through truths and it's called freedom in Christ. And I want to encourage you to get in that. I've done it multiple times. Even as a a mature believer, I still find myself finding things that I need to pull away from, things that are revealing who Jesus really is calling me to be and things that have blocked that or or lies that have blocked that or misunderstood things about me that have tried to block me from being who he has called me to be. Because really, point number three, we are complete in Christ. Second Peter 1.3, we read it earlier. I want to just highlight that first part. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need. Everything. You are complete in him. He has given you everything you need to be complete in him. It really is about Jesus. It really is about him. It's less about us than we realize. If we get him right, he gets us lined up right. Finding him is the revelation. Finding who Jesus is to you is is the revelation, and that will define who you are. And I just feel like with with freedom in Christ, we, we begin to walk into a new version of me. I go from the old me into a new version of me. I can begin to walk a different path than maybe what my parents walked. I can walk a different path. Um, My past may have been this and that, and it may have been full of darkness, and it may have been full of problems, and my family life may have been broken, but your future can look different. I feel like someone needs to hear this, that, that you may have had bad parents. And, and you may struggle as a parent, as a father or a mother, but I want to tell you that your future as a parent doesn't have to be the way your parents were. And, and the way that you love your kids doesn't have to be the way your parents failed at loving you. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I want to tell you that there's hope for your parenting. There's hope for your children. And it starts with Jesus. But here's the amazing thing about freedom in Christ is that it starts with Jesus it starts with him, but it's not the place that we stay. We, we, we start our life with Jesus, but we don't stay where we are. We move with him. We, we, we grow with him. We go from glory to glory. We get stronger. We get more loving. We, get, um, we become better people. We become better husbands. We become better wives. We become better employees. We walk in freedom. The Bible calls it a walk of faith, not a sit of faith, right? We, we walk with him. And as he walks with us, we find ourselves breaking free of addiction and breaking free of our past and breaking free of lies that were spoken over us and breaking free of who we thought we were and into who he says we are. Because ultimately, who you believe you are is who you're going to become. So I just say, why don't we just choose that we're going to believe to be who God says we are? to reflect who God says we are. Because it matters. 
And here's what we accept when we come to Jesus. When, when we come to Jesus, we, we go into a posture of growth for the rest of our lives. My identity is all wrapped up in loving like Jesus and talking like Jesus and acting like Jesus. Faith, trust in him, it just gets us there faster. It helps us to get there faster. If you're here right now and you can sense that pull from the spirit of God, I wanna tell you that Jesus is calling you right now. Jesus is calling you, the Son of God. Jesus is calling you, and he's calling you into a, a, to walk with him, to believe with him, to, to accept that he is the Lord of your life. And with him, you can do more than you think, more than you imagine. The Bible says that in him, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All the old things have passed away. The Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors through him. That with him, we walk into a future that is bright, not dark. Even in the darkest of times, even in the craziest of times, like even in the, the hardest of times, we can walk with a smile on our face knowing that Jesus is with us. I want to tell you that to walk with Jesus is super simple. Listen, listen to this verse, Romans 10, 15. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's it. The starting point for walking with Jesus is just to call on him. It's that easy. That may not, it's not where you end it with Jesus. That's where you start with Jesus. You start a walk of faith with that prayer. So I would love for you to pray this prayer with me. If every eye could um, be closed and every head bowed, I just want you to have a moment with Jesus right now. Maybe, maybe you're not walking with him right now. Maybe you've kind of gotten astray. Maybe you've never prayed this prayer and meant it from your heart. But I would love for you to pray this prayer and, and begin to walk with Jesus. Would you guys pray this with me? Everybody say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys give it up for anyone that prayed that prayer for the first time? Yeah, I meant that from your heart. I want to tell you this as we go into closing too. I would like you guys to stand up with me. Just stand up with me. So there's some, there, we're going to have a time of prayer up front. We're going to sing some worship songs. And I would love for you guys to, if, if you feel like God has a destiny for you and you are trying to break through into that destiny, I would love for you to come down front and get prayer. Just believe that with God and you, all things are possible in your life. Maybe you're trying to break free from some things that seem to be really holding you back. We have prayer partners up front that would love to pray with you and begin to see God move with you in getting free from addictions and walking in the, the identity that he has called you to. So some questions that you may be um, praise is who, what is the false identity that you've assumed that is not who God's calling you to be? What are the things that Jesus is calling you from that you need to go into that you don't need to take with you? And what are you missing what are you missing that Jesus needs to give you to give you the power to go where he's calling you to go? Amen? Amen.